0: Hello and welcome to Dear Franny, the podcast of uncommon conversations about love. I'm Francesca Hoagie and thank you for joining me today. This is um, a different kind of an episode for me because um, I'm not... doing my usual I'm not today's not an interview episode it's just me and um, I am really talking from the heart right now because um, I I haven't really planned out what I was gonna say I'm just like I'm just gonna talk and see what comes out you know one thing that's been on my mind it's on my mind a lot is this topic of self-love and It's something that, you know, it's very clear to me that the people who are the most affected right now, you know, this is June 3rd, 2020, that I am recording this. And there are protests happening in every state in America, all 50 states, Black Lives Matter, social justice, demanding justice for George Floyd, for Breonna Taylor, for the many, many unarmed black people, men and women who have been gunned down, suffocated, murdered at the hands of police. We're really in the midst of an actual revolution right now happening in the U.S. And of course, we're still also in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. You know, I'm going to look this up to read this to you because, (laughs) you know, one thing that I really love about Black people is our ability to laugh even under very um, <laughs> dark, challenging circumstances, but I had to retweet this because it was so funny and it just it just made me laugh a lot. This is a tweet from Z-Way. I don't know who she is, Z-I-W-E, but she's hilarious. <laughs> she tweeted, can't believe Corona blew a 28-3 lead to racism. <laughs> I find that hilarious. Okay, anyway, back to what's going on. So, you know, for me, it's an emotional time. I mean, and it's emotional for so many reasons. And I don't know that people who aren't black can really understand exactly why it's so emotional because there's so many layers to what's emotional about it. You know, there's... The trauma of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and so many others, Philando Castile, so many people. And there's so many more whose names we don't know and aren't hashtags. But there's a trauma of that happening. But then there's also, there's as beautiful as it is to see the world paying attention to racial justice and social justice in a way that really feels unprecedented. There's also part of me and a lot of other black people that I've spoken to over this past week, we just feel kind of like, why does it have to take this? why does it have to take people protesting in the streets? Why does it have to take so much effort just to open your eyes and see things that are so clear to us and that we've been seeing for our entire lives? It's bizarre. It's kind of like if you were, I don't know, every day thinking about constant cloud over your head. And I'm not saying being Black is a cloud over your head. But you know, there's something about being Black and occupying spaces where you especially you're one of the only or the only, and I've been in that situation many, 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 many times in my life where there's just this instant self consciousness because I know that I'm always going to be seen as black first and then anything else that I am. And it's always like, you know, I even talk about this on Survivor. You know, I was on two seasons of Survivor, I was voted off twice. I'm sorry, I was voted off. First on both of those seasons and there's a very long history on Survivor of a black woman being the first person voted out and, and there's some black women who you know it's not all black women but we have the highest percentage by far and you know I've been asked a lot about it and I've had a lot of time to think about it and I think it's really just like when you're in a situation like that and we're in so many situations in life where we're choosing who to empathize with and there is something about being a black woman that makes you just less empathetic so the fact that you know, it wasn't like I wasn't getting along with my tribe mates. I got along with my tribe mates. Some of my tribe mates, you know, are friends and were friends of mine. It wasn't like I didn't get along, it wasn't like I wasn't good in challenges because I was, it wasn't like I wasn't pulling my weight around camp because I was. I was like doing all the things, but somebody had to go, and I just feel that I was the, the least painful choice. It's like, okay, well, we'll just get rid of her and then we can just, you know, <laughs> and then we're past the first tribal, and there's a real disregard I felt, and I think that that experience of feeling like, it's not like overt racism, like, you know, people calling me like the N-word to my face or anything like that. It's more of those types of situations where it's like, oh, you just made a decision about who to give the benefit of the doubt to, who to feel more empathetic to, who to, I don't know, even in retail scenarios, like all black women experience this, you know, and if you're not a black woman and you're listening to this, talk to black women in your life and they will tell you. One thing that we've all experienced a lot of is being in a retail store, And I'm talking about like living in New York City, it's wintertime, I might have a coat on, a purse on my shoulder, and I'm looking through a rack of clothes and someone will come up to me and be like, excuse me, do you have this in a size four? And I'm like, what about this scenario makes you think that I work here? except for the fact that I'm black. Like, there's no reason other than that. It's not like I'm wearing the uniform of the store. It's not like I'm acting like an employee. <laughs> like, how many employees are walking around with coats and purses on their shoulders, right? know, something that's happened so many times. I'm kind of rambling, but all of that is to say that part of what we are experiencing right now collectively, given everything that's going on, is like all of this coming to the surface for us in a way that we have become accustomed very often to just accepting it, like, that's just how it is. What are we going to do? We can't get mad at every microaggression. We can't get mad at every person who looks at us and we can tell that they're not seeing us as people. You know, it happens. It's something that I've dealt with my whole life. It's something that I deal with every day when I go for long walks around my neighborhood. And I'm never not aware of the fact that I'm black. I'm never not aware of the fact that if I'm, walking on one of the fancier streets in my neighborhood and i'm maybe like the only person out walking because it's a pandemic and i have self-consciousness like you know all i need is somebody to see me walking by decide i don't belong here calling the cops like that's the kind of thought that's in my head all the time and you know that's what it's like to be black in america anyway so all of this is beautiful the revolution don't get me started about all of the white nationalist groups, white supremacy groups that are organizing their people to go in and to loot and to destroy property and all of that, because that's happening. If you haven't seen the videos of white people, you know, infiltrating these protests and doing, you know, terrible destruction, there's even videos of cops breaking windows and, you know, vandalizing. So it's just crazy. And that's crazy. It's like, and there's still this narrative like, oh, there's these looters and these these black people, they're out of control and they're looting and they're rioting and it's like it's still that narrative it's so frustrating (laughs) I'm not saying that there's no black people who are looting right of course there are some but that's not even even in LA that's not the majority of the looters right not from what I've seen from the people who are going to the protests I haven't been going to the protests I've been supporting in other ways financially and just using my voice and my platform on social media trying to educate people give people real action steps as to what they can do to be of assistance so you know I've been I've I've called elected officials. I've emailed elected officials. I'm taking different types of action, which is something I wanted to talk about. I want to talk about self-love. This was a topic that was in my mind. I was like, okay, I'm going to talk about self-love. And then, you know, I don't know how long I've been talking, but I haven't gotten there yet, but I will. (laughs) It's coming up. But the point being that what's happening right now, this revolution that we are undergoing is so necessary because the systems that are in place that keep black people, brown people, that keep us down, keep us just starting life in this, society with forget about not even like being on a level playing field it's like oh we don't have a head start we're, we're starting from zero we're like starting from less than zero <laughs> you know in so many instances and the point is not that all black people are so poor or all black people have such terrible life circumstances but the point is that even for those of us who have more privilege and I fully recognize that I have privilege by the way I have all sorts of privilege I have able-bodied privilege I have straight person privilege I have educational privilege I have economic privilege I mean, not that I'm the richest person, you know, I'm able to live a comfortable life. I even have the privilege of being in a partnership, right? And not being single. And as somebody who, you know, was single for a lot of my adult life, I can tell you there's a real benefit to having a partner, everything being cheaper, right? And just going on my. Boyfriend's health insurance instead of you paying for my own, so much cheaper and so much better. You know, all sorts of little things. I'm like, there really is a privilege of being in a couple in our culture. But anyway, I have all sorts of privilege, but there's still, when you really understand just things like concepts like redlining and what that has done and why, you know, you look at black neighborhoods in America, why are so many black neighborhoods in America the poorest neighborhood? And there's a reason. <laughs> like, there was redlining. That was a decision. They sectioned off these neighborhoods on a map and they said, no investment is allowed to go there, private or public, and so those neighborhoods didn't get invested in. I grew up in the South Bronx, which is the poorest congressional district in America. So the very poorest congressional district in America is where I grew up. And even though we, my family, we were not living in the kind of poverty that a lot of people in my community were living in, there's still so many disadvantages to being in that system. And I had parents who were resourceful, and I had access to lots of things. And I'm not complaining for myself so much, though it affected me too. And I'm only, I think, as an adult, like a middle-aged adult really still coming to terms with some of the trauma of growing up in such an impoverished community and you know things that I was just so used to you know growing up in the 70s and 80s and the 90s you know this was the crack era and just things I think about being a kid and I knew what crack smelled like, you know, cause I would smell it on the streets and we would find crack vials all over our playground at school and we would collect them and like treat them like they were like, Ooh, like I got a red cap one and a yellow and a blue. I mean, it's crazy when I think about it now, like I was literally on the ground playing with crack vials as a child and that was fun. But anyway, it's so insane, you know, and just hearing gunshots all the time and it being totally desensitized to it. I mean, that's the crazy thing. It's like, I would hear gunshots all the time when I was growing up. And it wasn't like we were like, oh, my God, there's a gunshot. What happened who's it's just like oh there's a gunshot it wasn't even didn't even register but didn't consciously register because I think you, you just become numb to so many things anyway so I still have trauma from all of that but every black person does not have the same experience obviously but we do have commonalities regardless of our privilege regardless of our economic status you know we've all had certain experiences and so all of that is just really being brought to the forefront right now and we're being confronted and there's just a lot of PTSD for people and I don't know a black person who hasn't cried more than once in the last week, you know. So there's a lot going on, but it's an exciting time at the same time and I truly believe that none of this would be happening right now if not for COVID because COVID, obviously you know, I don't have <laughs> to give a disclaimer. Obviously, I'm not saying that COVID is a good thing. It's a tragic thing. It's a terrible thing. So many more lives are going to be lost from this terrible virus, unfortunately. In addition to all of the lives that have already been lost, it's just, it's terrible and it's scary. But the benefit of it has been that because we're on sort of a pause and we're not on our usual hamster wheel of life that we actually all have a chance to absorb, you know, because think of all of the times there's an unarmed, you know, shooting, an unarmed murder by police and everyone gets really outraged. But then it's like, all right, but now I got a meeting and I got to go here and I got to go pick up the kids and I got to get to work and I got this thing after work. And it's just easy to stay distracted with our typical overly busy lives. And now everybody's on a pause. So there's no escaping this. Right. And so I think that's one of the I mean, I obviously I'm just speculating here. I have no way of establishing this, but it feels to me as if, though, this Black Lives Matter movement taking off the way that it has, and it's been around for seven years, taking off the way it has right now is only because everybody does not have their usual distractions. So I really hope that we can capitalize on this momentum. You know, I will share with you in the show notes some different ways that you can get involved and you can support. I know I personally have been donating to Campaign Zero, which is an organization which is dedicated to ending police brutality, and you can check them out, join CampaignZero.org. I also have been donating to some different bail funds because, as you probably know, there are lots of protesters getting arrested and being held and really their rights being violated in many cases and due process being violated and people being held and not properly charged and read their rights and given access to phones and all sorts of crazy things have been going on. So we need legal help on that front. So there are lots of these bail funds. One that I have donated to is the Minnesota Freedom Fund. I've also donated to the Brooklyn Bail Fund, though I think that they've said now like they've gotten so many donations they don't need anymore, which is great. So there are lots of different ways to help and to support. So I'll put some links in the show notes so you can see and can support in that way. So now I'm going to wrap all of this up by talking about self-love and how I think it really applies. So this past week, as I've been thinking about everything and digesting everything and, you know, posting things on social media and retweeting like crazy, all sorts of things just to try to like I don't know hoping one of the tweets will land and somebody will say okay I'll take action on that okay I'll click on that link or something like that and that's great and that's needed but that's kind of what everyone I know is doing right so we're kind of in this echo chamber of all posting all the same things which is a beautiful thing but at the same time I was just asking myself the question of like well okay well how can I specifically be of service because I can do more than just post on social media but what does that look like and you know what I really came down to was what I kind of always come back to is always the starting point of self-love and really not in an airy-fairy way but in a sense of really treating self-love as the action that it is like it's a verb you know love is a verb it's not just a feeling and how important it is because one thing I started saying a while ago and lost my train of thought is that some of the people who are the most invested right now emotionally in what's happening and the change that's happening and who are on the front lines of really speaking out and being accelerators of that change are also the same people who are taking the least good care of themselves, right? So I have so many friends, you know, we're texting all the time and they're not sleeping, they're overwhelmed, they're emotional, they're stressed out. And, you know, it just always reminds me of self-care and the importance of self-care. Because if you think about this, like say this is a battle and it's a battle between justice and injustice and say this is an actual war. Right. And so you've got soldiers on one side and soldiers on the other side. If the soldiers on one side aren't sleeping, aren't taking good care of themselves, aren't eating good food, aren't taking mental health breaks. Right. So they're stressed out. They're overwhelmed. They're exhausted. Are they going to be in a better position to fight the other side who's sleeping very well for the most part? Right, who are eating, in order to be effective, this idea of being revolution ready is what I've been mulling over. It's like, okay, how can we make ourselves revolution ready? If you want change, then it is imperative... I don't think i've ever used that word on this podcast before it's imperative that you take care of yourself so you are in a position to actually be of service to other people and if you know me and you follow me and you've heard me talk about self-love before and i've talked about this on the podcast so often you know i break self-love down into these five different elements i call it the self-love formula and one of those elements is self-care and self-care as i define it is really about asking yourself okay Given the situation that's going on in this country and in this world right now, given that what's happening, how do I want to feel as I navigate this? And sometimes starting with the ways that you're feeling that you don't like as a starting point. So for instance, if you're feeling very overwhelmed, maybe how you would prefer to feel is empowered or relaxed or determined, right? Or focused or strong or, so you know, whatever it is for you, like asking really being a detective for yourself and your own life and your own psyche, like, how do I want to feel and then asking yourself okay given that's how I want to feel the next question is what action or actions can I take to support myself in feeling that way and it might be I just got off a zoom with some girlfriends of mine and you know one of them I was asking them if they had been sleeping because I know that all three of them have not been sleeping because they are so invested in everything that's going on I knew that they were not sleeping so we were talking about it and well one of them said well I actually slept 10 hours the other night and she was like it was the best sleep of my life and and we're like oh oh, wow, it's amazing. And she said, oh, but I realize it's because I was watching music for two hours on Instagram. I was watching versus Kirk Franklin. Gospel music was like uplifting her for two hours on Instagram. And then she watched Insecure and it was a lovely episode of Insecure. And she had just given herself a break. She just had like a three hour mental break from the barrage of social media and news. And that allowed her to actually have the best night's sleep she's had that she can remember. And that self-care, self-care is saying, I'm feeling Overwhelmed. I'm feeling exhausted. So I'm going to turn off the news. I'm going to put down my phone, right? I don't need to keep refreshing this feed. I need to actually give myself some time and some space emotionally and mentally so I can get rest, so I can have peace, because you deserve to have that. So, as I mentioned, self care is one element of self love. But the first, I'll just go through these quickly. And I have another episode about self love specifically where I break down the self love formula and all five elements of it. But the first element, is self-compassion, and self-compassion is that ability to give yourself a break, to not judge yourself for your real or perceived shortcomings, I see a lot of people right now judging themselves for maybe not going to the protest because they're worried about their safety, their health. I see people judging themselves because they're like, I don't feel like I'm doing enough. I see people judging themselves because they're like, oh, I can't believe I've been so complacent all of this time. There's a lot of self judgment happening right now. And I just want to encourage you to be loving enough towards yourself to release that self judgment and to embrace self compassion because not only is it better for you and for how you feel when you embrace that self compassion, but it's also better for the world because if you're staying in a place where you're beating yourself up and you're stuck in that place of just, oh, I suck. I suck. I suck. I suck. I suck. You are going to be much less likely to move forward because you're going to be so busy judging yourself in, in a shame spiral. So everyone is deserving of compassion. You are doing the best that you can with the tools and the resources and the triggers that you have. If you want to do better, then that's great and that's fine. But you have to be compassionate towards yourself right now as a way to give yourself the permission to try harder, to do better, to educate yourself, to take new action, etc. So that's self-compassion. Number two is self-worth. Self-worth is really truly believing that you are worthy of having peace, of having joy, of having abundance, of having connection, of having fulfillment, right? Receiving compassion is something that you may not truly believe that you're worthy of. So remembering that I'm always talking about self-love and I want you to think about this. I want to encourage you to think about this as a verb. So a practice of treating yourself as though you are worthy even if you don't 100% feel it yet, is a very powerful one. So self-worth is one of those things that's very tricky. It's very sneaky. So I really encourage you to reflect on what your belief is and your worthiness of whatever it is that you are striving for right now. And then the next thing, the third, is self-validation. And that's the ability to give yourself credit. So the only way that we gain confidence in life is by doing things that are hard and then acknowledging the fact that we did it, right? So we did it. We're like, oh, wow, that was hard. Maybe I didn't do it perfectly. Maybe I want to do it better next time. But at least I tried right so that validation is powerful and again you're training yourself when you treat yourself with that love by giving yourself that validation it helps to build confidence it just strengthens that muscle and makes this easier and easier and easier and then we have self-care which I just discussed and what I really wanted to highlight today and then self-gratitude is the last one and self-gratitude is when you can really be grateful for the person that you are so it's moving beyond this is what I have this is what I've done it's amazing and powerful to be grateful for your accomplishments it's amazing and powerful to be grateful for your health, for your material possessions for your creature comforts for the relationships that you have it's amazing it's powerful love and gratitude they are very 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 similar vibrationally so work on one it amplifies them both I promise but what I'm talking about specifically in the context of self-love is being grateful for the person that you are if we stripped away your beautiful self your beautiful physical form if we stripped away your lovely possessions your great job your accomplishments the essence of who you are really tapping into that and finding ways to be grateful for that so so Maybe it's your open-heartedness your resilience your generosity your determination your silliness your passion Whatever those things that really make you you finding one of those things to really focus on and be grateful for That is an act of love towards yourself So if you are still listening to this, <laughs> I appreciate you And if you're still listening to this, then you care about creating a better world You care about there being racial justice in America. You care about dismantling systemic racism racism and white supremacy and if you don't care about those things and you're still listening i'm impressed that you're listening i appreciate that you're listening maybe there's something that i said that you know you can see some truth in and maybe it resonates with you and maybe it's a start of a new perspective for you but for those of you who are with me (laughs) thank you for being with me for those of you who are with me i really want you to be revolution ready and i always want you to live a life with fulfillment and with joy and with peace i always want you to live a life where you're taking good care of yourself and you're getting sleep and you're getting fresh air and you're getting exercise and you're feeding your soul and you're feeding your mind. I always want that you're nurturing your creativity, but I especially want you to focus on that now because we need that. Okay. This is not a sprint. This is a marathon. We're in for a long journey here, both on the revolution side and on the COVID-19 side. And we need you to be strong. We need you to be revolution ready. The world needs you to love yourself enough that you can then go out and be a powerful force for love and for change for others. So love is always the thing that's going to save us. I know this is a non-traditional episode of Dear Franny, but it is still about love. Justice is about love. Oh my gosh, who? there's a quote. It's about, I'm totally going to butcher it right now, but I just heard it today or yesterday, someone, I was like, all right, that's such a good quote. But basically it's about how justice and action is love, you know, so justice is love and equality is love. And revolution is an act of love because, hey, listen, when you're not getting it right as a people, as a society, as a world, it's up to us to change it and to make it better. So hopefully that is what's happening right now. Hopefully that you are energized for the fight and hopefully you are taking time to tap into the love that is inside of you always and spread that out as much as you can and receive it from other people because you deserve that and that is what i want for everyone on this planet i want love i want love for us all starting with love for ourselves because that in and of itself would change the world imagine if everybody felt worthy of being right just who they are because they are and they didn't absorb all the bullshit that the world tells us that we got to be this and that and the other to be worthy. It would be a very, very, very different world if everyone truly loved themselves and truly felt worthy. So that's the world I want to live in. So another reason to work and to focus on loving yourself is that it's an amazing way for you to model that for other people. And let's be contagious with love. Let's be contagious with self-care. All right, that's it. (laughs) That's it. That's all I had to say. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening. And like I said, please check the show notes i'm going to be putting some links in there for some different organizations that you can support you know there're also lots of amazing activists that are speaking out and you know find them follow them on social media and i'll put a couple of those in the in the show notes as well you know stay safe out there if you are protesting please you know there's lots of guidelines floating around about what you should bring and what you shouldn't bring and protecting yourself and not wearing contact lenses and making sure you have a mask and all of that so stay safe out there stay healthy and And stay revolution ready. Thank you so much for listening. You know, stay in touch with me. You can catch me on Instagram at Dear Franny on Facebook at Dear Franny on Twitter at Dear Franny and the podcast at Dear Franny Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And um, I got some new reviews and I really appreciate. Thank you so much. And if you are enjoying this podcast, please, please take a moment to give me a five-star rating on whichever platform you're listening. I would really appreciate it. And if you feel like writing a review that's a bonus and I would love that too but I appreciate you regardless wherever you are in the world stay safe stay healthy and until next time goodbye